Hey, how you guys doing? It's the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Season 8, Episode 5, even though this is actually Episode 6 in the, uh, in the entire season, though. Hopefully you listen to Episode 0. Uh, this is our Marvel Hacks podcast where we uh, go in over Dawn of X. We're actually going to conclude Season 8 with this particular episode as we have gone through all the Dawn of X books. Um, and actually, we're finally ending on one that's actually good. Um, if you listen to any of the episodes prior to this, you know that the Dawn of X has been somewhat of a disappointment. But in my humble opinion, uh, this book tonight is not one of them. On the line tonight, I have my two favorite Marvel hacks. On the line, it's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Meet you all, people. What's going on tonight? Man, we were recording on a Saturday night. Uh, this is a little bit different. We tried to accommodate uh, Big Hutch, and he still ghosted us. So it is what it is. Uh, on the line, it's also his brother Beavis. What's happening? Hey, what's up, everybody? No life for life. Saturday night, home podcasting. Yeah. There you yeah. go. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, it's really just a continuation of our high school career. Let's be honest. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. There, there have been a million nights of sitting there reading comic books, thinking that somebody is probably doing something cool and realizing that I wasn't one of them. Uh, so, yeah, let's set the show for you. Uh, so we've got Blurred Notes again tonight. Um, and then we have X-Force, um, issues one and issue two. Now, the actual book is on issue number, I think, five. Uh, we're only going to do the first two issues. There's a huge spoiler in there. It's been out for over a month, though. So if you haven't read it yet, I guess when we get to that point, you're going to need to stop. But, I mean, what the hell are you doing if you haven't read the book in freaking a month and a half? So, uh, yeah, so X-Force 1 and 2 after Blurred Notes. And, um, yeah, that's it. So let's get into the show. Uh, let me hit my music for Blurred Notes. Y'all all know I ain't going to do it. All right, here we go. Uh, blurred notes. I'm going to spell out the word blurred, B-L-E-R-D, for some topics in the nerdly news over the last week or so. There was a lot of information this week. Uh, it's kind of hard to condense it all into um, five letters here, but I did my best. Letter B is for Boogaloo, as in Electric Boogaloo. Captain America, Captain Marvel 2, excuse me, Electric Boogaloo, uh, leaves that this was going to come out. Not a real surprise. The movie made a billion dollars. I don't know why anybody thought that it wasn't going to be uh, Captain Marvel 2. My issue with this is I think I enjoyed that movie more than you two. So, Brother Beavis, what could Captain Marvel 2 bring to Boogaloo, Electric Boogaloo, bring to the table that would, you know, kind of make you like it, I guess? Yeah, I think, as I recall, I liked it. Um, I thought it it's the, like the characterization and the relationships is way different. And I think that's because of the creative team and, and obviously the content. So I thought it was kind of, I thought it was, a, a, you know, distinct in some ways from the rest of the line, even though they're all basically the same story. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, shit. Um, so I'm not necessarily, you know, like, I'm not so steeped in her lore that I'm like, oh, they got to do this, they got to do this. I know rolling in some of the other Captain Marvels, uh, you know, I don't know how the scrolls are going to phase in because, you know, their role mm -hmm. has been different than what's been in the comics. Um, and I also think, like, it's kind of funny to see how, like, how she wasn't great in the Avengers movie she was in, but her her movie mm -hmm. was, was like a completely different characterization and i guess it's because yeah. the, the order in which they shot them and they kind of figured it out had more to more to work with so we get this 
fully formed character in Captain Marvel, and then kind of clunky cameos and and fly in fly out mm-hmm. scenes. So yeah, I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to see what else they can do now that they're kind of free of the of the overly complicated uh, introductory story origin, or origin story and, and, yeah. and where we go from here. Yeah, I just rewatched it maybe a week or so ago on Disney Plus, and I'm like, man, this this movie's really good. I'm not sure why people didn't like it. Well, I do know why people like it because they just didn't like that lady. Um, I think it holds up pretty well. I'm interested in what a sequel would look like. Sam, man, what do you think of Captain Marvel two Electric Boogaloo? Well, like you said, it was inevitable. Any movie that makes a billion dollars is going to get a part two, regardless. And um, um, I did like it. It's got some. It does have a few moments that are almost cringeworthy. You know that in the end they start playing what I'm just a girl, a little heavy-handed with the um, with the uh, uh, with the messaging. I thought you know it's certain things. I mean, I did enjoy it, but it could have been better. Um, and to that point, I think Kevin Feige realized that too because those directors will not be back on the movie. Uh, they're moving on. Right. And so I think he recognized that too. Um, and and possibly because um, they want her to be, you know, the center uh, stage in the uh, MCU going forward, since obviously the two of the big heavy hitters are not going to be in the uh, movies going forward, at least for now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think they realize they need to uh, uh, try to get the rest of the audience on board with this character. And, and to do that, they got to make her likable, because a lot of people just don't like her yeah. right now, honestly. Oh, well, see, I think that was more so fanboys didn't like Brie Lawson because she was just like, I'm not going to kind of cater to essentially white male fanboy. And I think that's where all that hate came from. Like, I really do. And the fact that, you know, they didn't let her or she wouldn't let them or whatever oversex the character. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of that hate came from that. I don't think it was, I mean, God, they're not going to say that she's not a good actress. Hell, she has a friggin' Oscar for Pete's sake. That's not it. Like, I just think that, you know, because she was just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to talk to women outlets first. I'm going to do these types of things. And that just pissed off male fanboys. We're going to talk a lot about them as we go through this today, by the way. Um, So, yeah, I I literally no problem with her. Uh, I thought she served well in the role. I think she's a good actress. Like I said, I think that movie holds up, you know, fairly well. So um, I'm looking forward to part two. All right. Letter L is for likely. Um, likely, and these are kind of all related to an underlying topic here, it's likely uh, that America Chavez is going to make an appearance, it was reported, in Doctor Strange 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, Now, it's a character that we are probably going to get an Ultimates here. I mean, we really only blew Marvel away, essentially, at this point, from completing the Ultimates, uh, slash Black Avengers. And um, so she's going to make an appearance here. Now, if you read her solo series that came out, maybe it's probably close to two years ago. I could totally understand why you would hate that character, because that book was ass awful. Um, But in her supporting roles that she has been in, I've always found the character, you know, at least passable and doable. So you got any opinions on um, America Chavez, uh, Sandman? I really do not know much about her character. The only thing I've I have not read the uh, the comics like you were talking about. The only thing I know about her is on one of those awful um, uh, Marvel uh, uh, animated shows they've come out with lately yeah. with all the female characters, and it did not mm. do her 
any uh, any uh, favors. So, yeah, any I, of them, Justice. Yeah. <laughs> it made no impression. It made no impression on me whatsoever. So I really can't even tell you no. one way or the other. So I think it's kind of yeah. a, a little bit of a head scratcher. They're trying to bring her in and Doctor Strange. I don't see mm. the uh, connection to there at all. I mean, maybe they're just trying to do the, you know, the Marvel uh, crossover. You know, New York. All the Marvel heroes are in New York, so I can see that. Right. I guess. But other than that, yeah. Well. Yeah. To do her origin story, I mean, she's actually an alien. I know she appears and everything about her is Puerto Rican, but she is not from this planet. She is from a different dimension or whatever. She's just Ah. transported onto this Earth. So that does make sense in Doctor Strange as it seems like it's going to go all over the freaking multiverse. So it would make sense that she might make an appearance. And I mean, it's easy cosplay. To be perfectly honest with you, because um, there's really not a lot to her costume. <laughs> so, brother, if you got any America Chavez history at all? No, just from when we looked at a couple issues of the Ultimates, that was about it. And I think I yeah. also saw some of that Marvel Rising show, and yeah, that was pretty much garbage. Um, garbage. So, <laughs> so no, no, definitely don't have the background. But it, and I, I would say yeah, yeah, like it's not an obvious connection. Other than sort of the interplanetary dimensional aspect, so yeah, I it'd be uh, Doctor Strange too is like a sequel that, you know, that's maybe a little more dicey than some of the other ones. Although you know he was yeah. he got a big push in, in Endgame and throughout that, but um, you know his, his his movie was okay. It wasn't super strong, so yeah. I'd be curious to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. And now I would get concerned yeah. if they keep feeling like they have to have all these features in the movie to sort of get mm-hmm. it over. That but, term. Yep. So we'll see. Yeah. Wrestling term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's 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 interesting. I mean, you know, I again, I don't think I've I've been honest. I've never really been a big fan of the Doctor Strange character or whatever. Um, but. Whatever they're going to do to bring the the ultimates to the screen, I'm perfectly okay with it. You know, uh, it well because the other option you keep hearing about is they're talking about there's going to be a young Avengers movie. So anything to Oof. not make that happen is the best thing that could happen because that's just terrible. All of that if I never see Hulkling, Patriot, and like none of those mother blankers at all, bro. That's anything that to make that not happen, I'm good with it. Bad. All right. Uh, le- yeah. Letter E is for entertainment, as in Marvel Entertainment. Uh, since Kevin Feige was put in charge of everything, they have been slowly knocking off anything that was uh, greenlit before he came there. And most notably now, it's the cartoons that they greenlit. Uh, the Dazzler cartoon. The, I think Modoc might have even been on the chopping block too. There was another one that they just canceled as well. Uh, so. Howard the Duck, yeah, that's the one. I mean, yeah. the, the the question becomes, Brother Beavis, who greenleaf that shit to begin with anyway? Yeah, it's almost like if you remember um, back before there was a Marvel Cinematic Universe and they started doing the direct-to-DVD stuff, the lineup was, you know, not strong uh, and led by the Avengers, yeah. which were not over at the time, wrestling term. Um, Correct. So it's almost like they're going back to try and mine all the unused properties, and uh, I think Modoc is still going on. Uh, but yeah, Howard okay. the Duck probably yeah. should not be like ever in anything. <laughs> I was when he when people were hyped because he was like the you know the bumper for Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. The Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, eh, yeah. that's not good. 
just don't get excited about that. That's mm-hmm. not good. So <laughs> that one in particular, I would think more of like you know a dazzler and tiger. I think. I mean, I could think I could see how you could make something out of that, but it feels like they've got a lot of stronger <coughs> material to dive into before we have to go that route. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and and there's also the sense of you don't. I mean. You have such a strong brand right now, and the worst thing you could do with your brand to make it terrible is to water it down. And making shows like that yes. waters it down completely. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't yeah. Thank you, Kevin Feige, for whoever killed all those things. Thank you for killing them um, because it was nothing good that was going to come with that. Although I must say, and I I mentioned this in the text, I I must say. Um, I did. Uh, I spent a good portion of my afternoon watching that Harley Quinn cartoon on DC. Um, that's that show's funny as hell. I'm sorry, it's funny as hell. It's funny, it's raunchy. It's I uh, I I know uh, Sam and you saw one ep- episode. Brother, did you see any of it? I have not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Highly recommended. Obviously not for your kids, though. Um, I mean, <laughs> no. yeah. It's just, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on issue. I'm issue. I'm on episode like four, and you know she's trying to get a crew of like heroes together because every time she tries to rob something, like Joker and his crew come and take it from her, and so she's out <laughs> recruiting like people to be in her crew. It's freaking hilarious, man. And she winds up with like uh, Clayface. It, it, it's just uh, highly recommended. Like I, I, I can't recommend it strong enough. It's that funny. Uh, well done. Yeah, right. I'll give it another shot. Yeah, you got to. You got to be in the proper frame, and again, I understand that nobody likes, or none of us like Harley Quinn, but you got to got to put that to the side. Um, all right, letter R, y'all. Letter R is for Rise of Kenobi, but maybe not. Uh, it was reported in the rags this week that uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi show for Disney Plus has been delayed. Allegedly, there are script issues. Uh, Ewan McGregor came out and said, "Don't worry, it's actually still going to happen. That's not even going to be an issue." But maybe there's some issues with the script. Sandman, you are our uh, expert on all things Star Wars related, at least in that realm of, you know, scripts yeah. and uh, people angry with Kathleen Kennedy. Tell yeah. us what's going on with the rise of Kenobi here. Uh, basically, she got involved. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, literally, it's like um, she didn't like the scripts that were uh, coming out for uh, Kenobi, I guess. And she kind of shut it down uh, for now. I mean, it seems like she has an issue with things not going smoothly in her things that she has like name the star wars movie pretty much that she's uh, been involved with every one of them has had production problems and um there seems to be the same Mm -hmm. with this now mandalorian she was not involved in and look how that series took the hell off and it seems to be the Mm -hmm. basically the flagship of uh, star wars now now that uh last uh not last jedi but uh sky rise of skywalker did not do what they wanted to yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's basically her. She got involved and fucked it up. <laughs> In a nutshell. I actually have my I have my issues with this particular series, and I'll explain that in a second. Brother Beavis, um, allegedly the script issue was because it was too similar to um, The Mandalorian. You know, there was some issue with Obi-Wan having to protect something. Any issues that you would have with The Rise of Kenobi here? Uh, um, I mean... I think we all thought we wanted more of Obi-Wan and then we got the prequels and it was okay. He he was okay. He was probably one of the stronger elements of it. And then we got a Mm. heavier dose in the Clone Wars, which 
I never really got into. So, I don't know. It feels like he's had kind of his run. Um, you know, I don't know what else there is to say about him. I think there's enough of him out there. Yeah. And, yeah, if it was just like these intervening years of him on Tatooine trying to stay hidden, I don't know. I, I, I could see how it would definitely collide with what they did in Mandalorian. Yeah, and again, uh, I think the running total for Luke Skywalker in the first Star Wars movie is that he's somewhere between 16 and 18. Okay, so Ewan McGregor is going to have to age the fuck in them 16 to 18 years because it's not going to make any sense. And we all recognize that from the beginning when the people was like, how the hell is he going to turn into this old ass man? Like over the course of time like this. The same thing that happened with Anakin as well. It's like it just really didn't make any sense. And so yeah, if he's gonna be on Tatooine fighting, you know, bantas and freaking sand people, that's not entertaining to me. Like it's just not. And I don't need to see it. I don't wanna see it. And Ewan McGregor is great as young Obi Wan. Like I, I think he does, did a great job. I was watching um the what's the the last prequel or whatever the other day. I mean, that movie, it has its faults, but he's great in it. So, I, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm good with Obi-Wan or not seeing any more Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm perfectly fine with that. All right. Letter D is for Well, hey, let uh, me, dark, one, one parting shot. I think, I think they've done enough with all the characters we've already seen. And I think... The more yes. they try and get mileage out of the stories they've already told, the worse off they're going to be. I think mm. they have a tremendous opportunity yeah. just to go back into the setting and tell brand new stories. Mm. And anything that's a rehash, yeah. it's just kind of a waste. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, and and you know, I did write something for Brothers Comics this week because I was reading the Kylo Ren uh, like comic book by Charles Soule or whatever, and. Um, like, so you get this story about Kylo Ren, uh, you know, and the, the Knights of Ren or whatever. And, you know, I, it, I got drawn to the book because I was like, oh, they talked about the Knights of Ren all in the first, like, movie. And then we never heard of it again. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he was a member of the Knights of Ren, blah, 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 blah. And then you get to the third movie and the shit never came up again. And, you know, he allegedly had a following or whatever. And so this book is telling that story that they never told, which, whatever. And, you know, it's actually kind of well done but it was just like oh yeah what happened to that uh oops i thought those were the guys that he had to fight at the end no Mm -hmm. those were his crew that was his posse well i thought the yeah that's was a uh uh, yeah and he was not the leader of the knights of ren he became a member of the knights of ren and then became the leader of them they were some sunday night superstars in that movie for all yeah. we heard about them. Yeah, a little bit. Weren't they like fellow former studio, uh, students from uh, Luke's uh, um, New Jedi's uh, and they betrayed him? Uh, I thought that's what it was. No, they, no they're no, they not, but they're, they're also not. people that have... They, I, would, I would say that they're Force-sensitive. Um, oh, okay. And so they have like a little bit of sensitivity to the Force and they kind of form... You know, you're not... You know, the, yeah, they're force intolerant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more. I was like, you, you, it was a terrible joke. You're not a full erection. You're just like a half erection. That's basically where they are. Um, okay. They couldn't get it all the way up. Yeah, they only took half a blue pill. Uh, blue Chew, official sponsor of Brothers Comics. All right, and um, yeah, so that's basically what it is. And I mean, like I said, the book was actually entertaining. And I thought to myself, like, oh, this is like actually at least. 
in the realm and telling stories around the main story, which I think works better at this point because I think they, like you said, they've ruined so much. Ruin is not bad, but they've run it into the ground. I don't think you can tell anything else. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, letter D is for dark, as in dark Justice League. Allegedly, uh, the people that J.J. Uh, Abrams production company was it Bad Robot. Bad Allegedly, they got to take on the Justice League part, at least the dark Justice League, uh, to try to tell that story for Warner Brothers. Uh, my initial thoughts on this is J.J. Abrams needs to stay the fuck away from um, tent poles like this. Absolutely, because I am just absolutely sick of him. Uh, especially the Dark Justice League, which would be a difficult story to tell regardless. But he definitely doesn't need to be involved in that. Brother Beavis, do you have any history with the Dark Justice League outside of a Justice League cartoon? No. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's a case that's it's interesting like uh you know marvel's reached the point where they've told their core stories they're trying to work at the edges and stuff like that and dc failed so hard at its core stories they're still trying to mine around the edges and hope they hit gold uh, yeah. uh so mm-hmm. it's it's just interesting the the path to success and the, the differences again it's another one of those things there's like no reason it can't be good Except the people involved will probably fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because and the ultimate goal is obviously for these things to make money. And I think you know when Harley Quinn comes out, I think that's going to be rated R. If that R-rated movie works, then you know that's what we're oh, going to yeah. get is a bunch of R-rated DC yeah. movies. That's yeah. all they're going to do at that point. Yeah. Like it, it needs to be rated R, and they're going to push everything through. Sandman, you are our DC expert in areas such as this. Uh, what's up with the Dark Justice League, and should J.J. Abrams have any say in this? Man, J.J. needs to go the fuck away from a while. I mean, that's about as plain as I can mm. make it. Um, now, look, I, I did like some of his Star Trek. I actually thought it was a, a little bit of a fresh uh, take on um, Star Trek mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, not all of them. I liked uh, Inch of Darkness was kind of weak, and I, but I really liked the, the last one they did. Um, Beyond, I thought it was good. It didn't make any money, mm-hmm. so that's why we don't have another Star Trek movie now. But yeah, um, yeah it, his company is also involved with uh, Star Trek uh, Discovery, which I hate. Uh, I think we were talking about that mm-hmm. a little bit on um, the, the text chain. Yeah, eh, they don't do a good job on that, and they're the same people that are making this Picard series right now. And and for mm-hmm. right, right now, the first episode, I haven't seen it yet, but they're getting pr- decent to okay reviews. So. We'll see if that lasts, but uh, yeah, I he needs to step away <laughs> from these big uh, temple yeah. uh, franchises for a little while because I don't know if he's that great at them, honestly. Um, that and Justice League Dark, I um, I don't have a lot of knowledge of. I haven't even seen the um, animated version of that. Yeah, except uh, mm-hmm. you know they already they didn't even get Justice League right, and now they're gonna move on to Justice League Dark. I, yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that's a plan for success. I mean, um, I knew I know they're all the the magical side of the uh, DC heroes and stuff like that, but I don't know they've they really haven't done a good job of of um, establishing the baseline of that universe, building so, that world, yeah, building that mm-hmm. world exactly. Uh, I mean, we harp on it all the time, you know. That uh, like Beavis said, they're kind of trying to do the periphery. And uh, go to the center, you know, which I don't know if that's going to work, but eh, I mean, I'll watch it. It might be good, you know. You never yeah. know, but um, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, what, 
J.J. Abrams is really good at starting things. He's really bad yes. at finishing them, though. <laughs> He's, he is exactly. super. I mean, you could. I mean, Alias, great first season. Rest of it, absolute shit. Uh, he's lost also, isn't he? Wasn't he lost yes, as well? Did he lost. do he lost? Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, great first season. Complete shit after. Uh, so, yeah, he really is good at starting series, but he can't finish one for anything. So, uh, the hell, that first Star Trek movie, I hate Star Trek. And I was super hyped after that first Star Trek and saw the second one in the movie theater and was really yeah. upset when I left. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he's... Yeah, he's great at starting stuff, but he's he's really bad at finishing. So okay, all right. Well, that's blurred notes. I think I I think I caught everything in there for the week. Uh, I don't think I missed. We don't need to talk about the Anaconda remake. Uh, I, I think we're good on that one. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see that. You don't need to mention yeah. that. No. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah, whoever greenlit that, if I catch him in the streets, <laughs> bam. Two to the face, because that's awful. All right, so let's get into these damn books. It's the end of the dawn of X, y'all. Uh, we will give our kind of overview of the entire run here at the end of, uh, of this particular uh, review of X-Force. Um, again, there's a huge spoiler here. I'm just going to spoil it. I'll spoil it when I guess it comes to it or whatever. But there's a huge spoiler there. So if you get to that point, you haven't read these books yet, please stop, because it is a big portion of this whole entire story. Uh, so this is the last book that we've done. I think last week we did what Excalibur and uh, but what was the other one called? I can't even remember. Uh, we did Excalibur. Was the Marauders or was that the other? One? I don't remember. No, um, the last no, the one with Psylocke and X twenty three. Oh, Fallen Angels. Fallen Angels. Yeah, that's already Ooh. been canceled, so we can't even remember. Yeah, that's how bad Yikes. it was. I already forgot so, about it. Wow. Yeah. Well, jumping into this, X-Force is actually, at least in my opinion, the best of the Dawn of X books uh, by far. Um, it's the one that actually reads most like a comic book, and it's probably the one that's most directly related to things that happen in House of X and Power of X. Um, so it has that going for it, whereas some of the other books were definitely, using the word tonight, on the fringe, definitely on the fringe of this. This one is actually more directly related to what happened there, which is kind of weird, Brother Beavis, that this story seems like it should have been told through the X-Men comic book and maybe not X-Force. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, what was the memo that these creators got on all these books after, like, yeah. Dawn of X, or after House and, and Powers mm -hmm. of X? Because it seems like some of them played right into it and used the story elements, and some of them just sort of went off and did their own thing. And it's just so disjoint. Yeah. Um, I mean, they yeah. sort of lightweight reference this book, but it's you know mm. it's almost impossible to tell kind of the sequence of events and things like that. Ah, yeah, it's yeah. it's bad. I mean, it's not the weak. not this yeah, book, but the, the whole setup. Like it just, it's still. I have no. I can't comprehend how this fell apart as bad as it did after coming together yeah. so well. Yeah, the foundation of the whole thing is built on sand, and it it's strong in one area, and maybe you could even say two, but the rest of it is just so weak and not carrying on what the, whatever you want to think of House of X and Power of X. And there was actually, like, uh, I saw Jonathan Hickman on Twitter this week kind of defending you know, all these other books that are coming out, like, you know, kind of in the same realm or whatever. And it was like, well, these books weren't made for you to, like, have to read every single one of them to follow the story. You know, they're supposed to be all their individual stories. I'm like, 
Yeah, but that's not how comic book people work. You know what I mean? Like, if you tell me that this is X-Men and it's X-Men related, you're going to try to read every single X-Men book because they're related to one another. In particular, when you put a label on it, put a label on it that they're all under the same umbrella and give me a calendar and a sequence that they're coming out in, Mm. and then I find out I'm reading 12 completely different books. Yes, and some of them completely different books within the same fucking Mm. book. Um, you know, I mean, X-Men, I don't know what's going on in that damn book still. I mean, it's been four different issues and four different stories. So, uh, all right. Well, anyway, let's get into X-Force because we like this one at least. Uh, uh, the writer's Benjamin Percy. Joshua Kassara is the artist. Uh, we'll get into the art here in a second, too. Um, so our opening scene is that, <laughs> speaking of uh, Harley Quinn, I was like, damn, Black Mask done defected. He done... He done with the NWO. <laughs> I thought it was Black Man. Yeah, I thought too. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's the man with the peacock face, which we'll get to later too. Uh, the peacock tattoo. But yes. So, uh, yes, they're holding a meeting of their version of the Legion of Doom. They are addressing the mutant problem with Krakoa going uh, in an independent nation. They're going to take a blood test to make sure that there's no mutants present in the group. Uh, there is one mutant there. It's Domino. She has infiltrated the group. We'll explain why here in another if uh, later in the issue because she's been sitting on a secret mission by Charles Xavier himself uh, to infiltrate the group. Uh, there's a brief battle where she kicks a lot of ass, but she is eventually captured, and then that's it. You know, uh, that's the intro to the book. Uh, we read the Domino book earlier, and we, you know, like in an earlier season, which was actually rather entertaining, and I'm sure it's still going on. Um, but, you know, Domino as a character and I think, you know, tying her to this X-Force book because she such, has such a history with that really made sense, Sandman. Yeah. I, originally, I was wondering, except for her, um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else from the original X-Force in this group. Why was it even called X-Force? Mm-hmm. It should really be X-Men. Yeah. Because you got my, uh, most, well, three, two to three mainland X-Men in here. Uh, actually, four. Yeah. And and No, it looks her. like an X Men. Yeah. If you look at the, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you look at yeah. that cover, it looks like an X Men book. I'm not sure why it's well, I mean, they explained it in a later issue about, you know, Xavier wants this to be kinda like his version of the CIA secret covert group or whatever. But right. Right. yeah, um it seemed like more of that. What do you think about leaving only Domino in here saying or Brother Beavis, no boom boom, no cannonball? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of them got sucked up in the New Mutants, right? Because that's where they came from, and yeah, they're all yeah, they, they, they all more mm-hmm. identify with that for some strange reason. The closest connection mm-hmm. after Domino is Black Tom, who's what his niece mm-hmm. Siren was in associated with X Force, but not New Mutants. Yeah. So, yeah, the rest of mm-hmm. them are straight up X Men. Yeah, it's just straight X Men people. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, so that was scene one. Scene two, uh, Krakoa. Uh, Beast is literally doing dialogue from X-Men, the animated series. He has two words of dialogue, or three. Fascinating. And, uh, oh dear. Like, he's being attacked by some sort of freaking predator on the island of Krakoa. Wolverine makes the hot tag save. He tells him that, you know, Krakoa's making everybody soft and, you know, gives you this false sense of security that we're safe. And he says, you know, there's always a predator. Um, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. What y'all think of the art on this book? Because there's parts of it I thought were like really awesome, and then there's parts of it that get kind of smudgy. What do you think, Sammy? Yeah. Um, the um, okay. The cover artist is not the same as the 
are no definitely right? yeah, yeah they're vastly mm-hmm. different because i i remember thinking like wow that kind of looks like arthur adams artwork in the cover and then we got it to the book mm-hmm. like, yeah this isn't the same artist but um yeah it's um it's got that style i think it's kind of popular lately where it's almost like they do a sketch and they don't ink it completely to give it that rough feel or something like that it seems to be uh, more and more popular it has that i mean it's not bad but it has that kind of look about mm. it um um it's fine especially you know the, uh, looking at the drawing of that beast that's trying to get beast yeah Be- beast mm-hmm. yeah there um <laughs> he's got some amazing detail in that picture so he can draw but he's you know he's got that yeah. kind of and looking at wolverine too He's got that that rough yeah. edge around it, uh, and I think that's just his uh, his style. But uh, yeah, the guy can draw. It's just different. Yeah, it's almost almost looks like a painting, brother Beavis. And certain those uh, like the steel non-action shots, it almost looks like steel paintings. Yeah, I think the finishing is is what gives it a, the primary look. But I think uh, you know I'm no uh, even though I criticize art, I wouldn't consider myself an art critic. <laughs> Uh, it seemed to me like the the depth and the the movement is not right. It's like you know static pictures um, that just don't kind of seem right. Like the picture where Wolverine is jumping down to attack the creature, it looks like more like his legs are amputated at the knee rather than like his feet are trailing behind. Him. Wow. So wow. I think yeah. there's I think there's some issues. Yeah. Well, scene three takes us to, and you mentioned him before, Black Tom. Um, we got to get into this, too. Uh, he senses something because he, you know, we thought Doug Locke was the only one fucking the island. And then we thought, <laughs> yeah. uh, what was um, what was the other dude? The fat Mondo was also yeah. having sex with oh, the island right. as well. Yeah. Um, but allegedly, Black Tom is having sex with the island, too. Uh, <laughs> so Krakoa is in a polymorous relationship with three other people here. And an and, island. Um, Krakoa and, an, an and another island, island. Yeah. Kr- yeah, Krakoa. Like y'all said, up. make oh, more mutants. For real. It's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Krakoa, a straight up hoe. Uh, so, um, and then, oh, I, I skipped over, and I have a note here, and Hutch isn't here. As I, I, we forgot the pages you have to pay for that <laughs> don't have anything on it. Uh, where it explained the Krakoa uh, defense system by air, sea, and land, and all tied with Black Tom being. Um, and first off, who thought this was a good idea? And when did Black Tom become. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming he's I'm on the side of good. Like Black Tom has always been yeah. a bad guy, as far always as I've known. And I didn't, I didn't, you know. And he's getting a pretty large push here, brother. He was, you know, I mean, he really hasn't been. I mean, at least in the comics that I've read, he hadn't really been relevant in a very long time. Well, but I think he was. He was also one of the ones that was brought back from the dead, if I'm not mistaken. And this is the era. Of, yeah. You know, if 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 House and Power was really about just setting up the setting and one of the things that should be universal across the book is there are no there really are no evil mutants anymore like apocalypse magneto sinister black tom they're all on the island the other Mm -hmm. part you have to Mm -hmm. think about is like his closest companion juggernaut juggernaut's not a mutant right yeah so he cannot be on krakoa so i guess when juggernaut Mm -hmm. ain't around gotta push up on this island y'all so you know (laughs) what you gotta do yeah, I think at one point, like, he was losing part of his body, and then because of his, mm. he could channel his bioblast through plant life, he had to regenerate his body with yeah. the plants and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Because comics. Yeah. Well, he senses something is wrong um, in the defense system, 
and Gene is talking to him telekinetically or telepathically or whatever. And basically, there's something coming by sea. It's the Marauder. It's Kitty Pride bringing in all these refugees from Russia that they went and rescued what was in like the first issue of the Marauders. And again, this book kind of tied into another book. You know, there's at least some version of a connection here, uh, unlike the other freaking books. And, um, and Colossus is there because he was leading the, the, the rescue effort there. And Colossus is all jacked up. I and mean, you really have to kind of pay attention to the picture there that he's got holes yeah. in his metal. Like he got really Wait, messed up on this shit, rescue yeah. mission. Yeah, he's all blown the fuck up. So, um, yeah, just a good introduction there for Colossus. Uh, scene four takes us to Korea. Where I a may have made this joke already, plane. but is the Band-Aid... <laughs> Is her is her broken nose band aid gonna be like Iron Mike Sharp's uh, wrist wrist protector? DDP's yes. <laughs> uh, tape yeah. ribs. I mean, is she just gonna have that yeah, forever I think now? So. It's just gonna be there forever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's like a Sunfire in sighting in here. Have we seen from Sunfire? He's like drawn into one of the little pictures of this old school red and white. Yeah, yellow. he is. Oh, well, no, hold on. Yeah, you're going to get ahead because I'm going to have a really big problem here momentarily when we cross over from issue one to issue two. Um, so, yeah, uh, the, a group of assassins essentially have taken over like this assassin. plane in Korea. They diverted the airspace assassin uh, into, <laughs> uh, into the airspace of Krakoa. Um, and then, uh, let's see, what scene five says... Uh, uh, yeah, so it, Charles is in touch with Sage about uh, where Domino has been after he sent her on that secret mission that she hasn't been heard from in a while. And in between that, Charles like kind of body slides, uh, not a body slide, but he takes a, a, a whatever, what are those portal. things called? Krakoa portal. portal. No, he takes the portal. Yeah, there you go. He takes one to go to Sokovia. And I was like, wait, who thought this was a good idea? Too? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> because between movies and comic books... Nothing good happens in Sokovia. Nothing. <laughs> uh, so they slip uh, the people of Sokovia. He's there to like say, oh, we're going to sign the peace treaty or whatever. But the, they slip Charles a roofie. Um, and he goes back to his hometown. Did y'all catch that? I had to read it a couple times to see that they, you know, because it's not really clear. But they snuck like something in his drink. I know see that, that when there. he was like a little you could, couple of, see, you could see something in his drink. When, yeah, it's like yeah, two so like little black like little animal yeah. whatever things in there. It's yeah. not fully clear, and you kind of read it like on one of the pages that you don't pay for uh, <laughs> uh, things and one of the other explanations. But yeah, so yeah, they slip that roofie in there. They get back to Krakoa. Now the healer is back. Now he was the Morlock healer, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why they couldn't get the him out of too. his rags by now. Like why he couldn't get actual clothes. <laughs> Like everybody else done, got an original costume. He, he might, maybe he saw Gene yeah. Gray. He's like, oh, we're going old school. Okay, let me get my rags on. I got <laughs> yeah. Also, we're using our fake names. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, the healer. So he, di he died at some point. So he's a brought back as well because I know he died at some point in these comic books. Um, so anyway, so, yeah, so they're trying to uh, – all the refugees are all in this pain or whatever. And then while this is going on, there's an assault on the island by the people that took over the plane in Korea. When they see it on the air defense system, they think, oh, it's Domino that she's just, you know, coming in. But they obviously realize that something is wrong and it's a full on assault. 
like this team of strike teams that look like Reavers, and they explain that later on that it kind of sort of is. And they come in and they just start mowing down mutants. Uh, we'll talk about the death total here in a minute. But um, first off, let's talk about who is there to actually fight. Because on that wide shot there where they start mowing people down, what the f- who decided to protect the most important person in mutantdom with a boom boom? Um, who's that green dude? Who's the green dude flying in there? That's a villain. Who's what, what's, what's that dude? I couldn't remember his oh, name. Oh, Vanisher? Vanisher? And he's wearing his original costume too, which is like yep, one of the worst throwbacks yeah, oh. in history. Looks like a cucumber. Come on, yeah, I, man. Yeah, come I don't on. know. I don't know whose idea that was. That was terrible. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, we're gonna leave Charles to be protected by Vanisher, Boom Boom, boom, boom. and a bunch of it's other sorry vampire. Movies. It looks like I don't know what that is. Yeah, come on, man. That, that, this is terrible. Where's Magneto, man? Seriously. Really? Taking the yeah, shit? Seriously. Like, I mean, honestly. <laughs> Where's Magneto? <laughs> you really left him to be protected by this. Um, so anyway, are. this. Yeah. yeah, where are the real mutants at? Exactly. Uh, so they kill a whole bunch of bad mutants. Mutants. Uh, they try to get Charles to safety. And then the good mutants that are there, Logan, Gene, and Beast, they have to fight through some of the assassins to get to that point to try to get to Charles. Uh, but by the time they get to him, it's way too late. And Charles takes a freaking gunshot to the head. A great bit of that final piece there where you see Cerebro busted up with the blood on it. That's a great piece of art. Um, and that is the end of issue one. Now, again, we read this many, I guess, weeks ago at this point. Brother Beavis, how pissed were you when you first saw that Charles Xavier got his head blown off? Uh, pretty pissed. Um because it's been such a formula i mean i think there's definitely something to the case of the x-men with without professor xavier are different but two things here number one we just went through all this work to get to this point number two allegedly anybody can be resurrected anyway so what's you know and then they're like oh but they still feel the loss so i it felt unnecessary Yeah. And it also yeah. feels like they should have been able to defeat these four people. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Even with even with Boom Boom and the Vanisher. Uh, even with Boom I Boom and the Vanisher. Man, a Boom Boom and Vanisher might have had to take a L, but I think there's there's yeah. I mean there's thousands of mutants on Krakoa, so I feel mm-hmm. like they they should yeah. have done a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. it was just a, such a shock. Like, and I think I remember the text I sent you. I was like, I just read X Force. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, because, yeah, like, we really, you know, you just brought Charles back. You just made him really like the main eventer in this whole thing. You changed the character fundamentally, really. I mean, almost to literally to the DNA in terms of his core about what he is about, and then you kill him. No, like, come on, man. That that just didn't sit well with me at all. But again, they can resurrect anybody, and that leads us into issue number two of the X-Men. Uh, so, or X-Force, excuse me. Same creative team. All right, here we go. Before we get started, my note says. Um, <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. Let's deal with Kid Omega. Uh, he's on the cover of this issue. Um I, this is I, I, this is not an unpopular opinion, probably with the people on this podcast. But I understand one based on age, two based on probably mostly age. All the characters created by Grant Morrison suck. 
<laughs> okay, that's the tweet. <laughs> His run on X Men also sucked. <laughs> that's it. That's the tweet. I I know people enjoyed it. I know it was different. It sucked. It sucked. Mm, yeah. There, I said it. Yeah. Sue me. It sucked. I've every gone back cre- and read it, creation. and I, oh, I I remember distinctly hating it. And that's probably one of the things that got me to stop buying books. I've gone back and reread yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I get it. I, I also I could not stand Frank Quietly's art, who was also drawing it. At the yeah, it's bad. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was I I get it, but yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, all the characters suck, and Kid Omega is at the the front of it. Now I charged you guys to read his Wikipedia page before we started today, and that just made it suck even more. <laughs> what a convoluted ass history. I mean, what in the entire... He he is the Phantom A or Phantom X of this freaking thing. Like, I mean, what a convoluted BS history. And he's an Omega-level mutant because it's in his name, essentially. Because yeah. what in the world? It's just terrible. His powers are freaking what? ambiguous what are at best. He's a telepath, a telekinetic. Telekinetic. He's a telepath, a telekinetic. He can create mind weapons. Yeah, Yeah, he can create mind weapons like Psylocke, but it can be whatever he, you know, whatever he (sighs) wants it to be. And that can't just be like a blazing sword. Uh, He sucks. Okay. He's an awful character. Yeah. Yeah. He just sucks. Uh, And then it's like, oh, man, I was reading like some of the stuff. It's like, oh, you know, he. Because he got butt hurt because one of the Steffords didn't like him. So, oh my God! So Grant he was, Morrison sucked. He was one. He was like the head of the class, but nobody liked him because he was um, a dick. And he mm. started. Yes, he he got caught up in this anti-human movement, and he was like all jackbooted skinhead against humans. And he um, started doing drugs as well. And then he yeah. sort of idolized Magneto. Um, when Magneto was uh, was dead, allegedly at the Zorn. time, Magneto yeah. was actually posing yeah. as Zorn, which was revealed during that storyline. Yes. So he became, which like, he disagreed sucked. with the regular school yes. and was rebelling against the school and then became a villain. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I thought he was gone. I'm like, why Why is this guy back in the story? Why don't they just kick his ass again? Yeah. Yeah, no, who was asking for freaking Kid Omega? Nobody. Who was asking Nobody. for that? But and I was just looking. Book. He was in I that mean, West Coast Adventures book. That we read one issue of, because I was looking through my library oh, and yeah. it was like, oh, I forgot mm. about that. Yeah, mm. that says a lot about that West Coast Avengers book table. Uh, so, mm, mm, mm. yeah, he sucks. Yeah, and again, Man. quietly sucks too. And Morrison sucks also. Like I, I know that that was like a different era, and they tried something different. And I don't think there's anything wrong with trying something different, but. He took the characters and the dialogue and the characterization of them just way off the reservation, man. And I just. I think that that kind of began the downturn for Cyclops as well. Yes. Oh, oh, for sure. That was a big part of it. I consider his whole whole thing an alternate universe. I just just don't even see it as the same um, as regular. Well, and, you know, and that was also, and, you know, in that time that was post era. The like the, the movies as well yeah. and post in that you know the kind of Matrix era so they were trying to get them out of like superhero costumes and make it was just it wasn't yeah. good man it just it wasn't, wasn't alright alright so scene one in issue two is Magneto is um, now he's back where was you when your friend was getting shot up in the head um, exactly. you know 
And they're talking about, oh, if I could have been here. Like, you left. I mean, what you you left it and guarded by a bunch of, like, my note says he was guarded by a bunch of red shirts. Like, you left <laughs> freaking the leader of the freaking X-Men with some freaking uh, terrible people. But then here's, and then they double down on how bad it is. Like, Xavier's dead and his body's laying there. I don't know why they didn't pick his ass up. Then you got all these freaking mutants standing around there. Like, on all the good ones. Apocalypse, Magneto's dead. Like, all the good mutants that could have fought these people is standing there. Where was y'all when he was getting his head blown off? Man, come on, dude. No, I didn't say him. But all the other good X-Men are there. I like how he tried to put that in there. Nice, yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. That's good. So, anyway. So, they begin the process of resurrection for Xavier. And, again, you had to read House of X and Power of X to kind of know what the resurrection process is. The, it, the bigger issue for Xavier being revived is that the Cerebro part, because there can only one be one Cerebro uh, cradle active at a time. And so they have to find that cradle and then they charge Beast with reactivating the cradle to begin the resurrection process for Xavier. Uh, spoiler alert, they bring him back. No. So, um, not in this issue. Uh, but yeah, so they're up against the clock as well because they don't want the world to know that, you know, Krakoa's defenses failed and, you know, Xavier got shot and killed. So that's a real big pull for, um, uh, for Beast to kind of get this done. Uh, meanwhile, back on the ranch, uh, on the Hutch's pages that he has to pay for, there were 33 mutants killed in this uh, assault. Um, none of them that you would probably care about at all. Uh, and uh, also on the island, Sage and Dr. Reyes, who I also hate, uh, are conducting the autopsies on the assassins. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they're basically just genetically created super, you know, humans. You know, they got extra blades in their arms, their teeth are explosives. Their ears are like grappling hooks. I mean, they're just like freaking <laughs> rain yeah. to the gills, man. I mean, you know, I think one of them had Kung Fu grip. Like, I mean, they really just were, you know, freaking all ready to do everything. X-Men versus And then they were able to break through the system because they had skin grafts from Domino. Um, yeah. And so that's how they were able to uh, jump into the island. And then here's something that I was going to ask y'all's opinion on, which didn't make any sense. But Wolverine, obviously, he's pissed off that this happened. And they have one survivor that he almost gutted, but it did survive the attack. Um, Wolverine is in lead charge of the investigation. My note says here, Brother Beavis, um, they sent Wolverine, the world's greatest detective, to go determine what happened. <laughs> I thought, I actually, I thought the world's greatest detective was Batman, not Wolverine. Did I did I miss? Yeah. He does have a, a Batman esque silhouette we were uh, with his ears sticking up, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't make any sense to me that they would send him, and yeah. let alone I mean, they kind of went off on his own, but he really yeah. didn't because now this is where our we get our introduction to Kid Omega, and he's just you know he's freaking Damian Wayans of freaking like this book. He's just an obnoxious freaking character, not. It's just not a good look. Uh, it's just it just doesn't work for me. I just don't like the character, and um, he's on the case too. And then they go into this this bad freaking buddy cop movie 
with yeah. uh, Kid Omega playing Riggs and Wolverine playing Murtaugh. Um, oh and as they go to search for the clues to find out about what's happening with this. Uh, you know, and again, the first issue I think is really strong before we finish the second one. I don't think, I, I kind of like we're shitting on it because we hate Kid Omega. I mean, it's actually not a bad issue either. It's acting, especially when you read the other ones because it's really explaining a story out for you. Um, but yeah, so they find the flunky, uh, the place where the assassins were. And, you know, you get to see Wolverine cut loose because it's against, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, genetically yeah. alternated skin grass. So I mean, that's basically it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just cutting and slashing or whatever. And, you know, they're really trying to go and rescue or find Domino. That's basically where this leads. And on one of the white pages that Hutch has to pay for, <laughs> they talk about this person named Phineas, <laughs> Phineas Hook. And that's the person who Domino was chasing, but it was really just kind of like a, an avatar, a dummy account as they were trying to find them. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Gene and Sage are still trying to unravel what's happening uh, with the one uh, rescued, uh, not rescued, the one survivor of the attack. Um, and then they do find Domino. She, her Half of her body has been skin grafted off, including one of her eyes, which is pretty freaking gruesome. And they find her, and that's really the end of issue number two. She so, got Ramsey Bolton. Overall. Yes, she did. I mean, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, that, and that shot of her, like, including on the final pages of the two issues here, that final shot of her in that, you know, incubation yeah. tube in or whatever the, the hell it is. I mean, that's a great shot, too. Yeah. What did you say, Brother Beavis? In the in back, the back to tank. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, right. the back. <laughs> <laughs> nice, very nice. Ooh, that's a call. That's a full. Yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, again, like that's a great shot to end it. And again, like I said, I've read like all through all five issues or whatever. It tells a really good story. The fifth issue was kind of not that great because it had Forge and he sucks too. But um, <laughs> I just hate Forge too. Um, but beyond that, leading up to that point, there's actually like a very good cohesive story that is related to essentially House of X and Power of X. So, you know, around the room, Sandman, what did you think the first two issues of X-Force? Um, I like it. I thought it was kind of a stunt that I'm kind of killing Xavier in the first book because, you know, it's like, oh, he's not going to come back. Of course he's going to come back in the first book. Um, uh, well, period anyway. I mean, he's always going to come back, but... I do like the fact that uh, they they feel like there's a feel of their uh, racing against time, and they they even mentioned that in the book that mm-hmm. you know well, well we don't know if this is going to work, so um, you know we got we haven't run up uh, the time on the clock. I forget exactly what uh, they say mm-hmm. in the book, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out what's going on, who's behind it, and trying to get Xavier back as uh, quickly as they can because yeah they can't be afford to be. Um, before the world without one of their main leaders, the, their main leader, period, mm-hmm. really. The and, main uh, leader. Some, yeah. The main leader, yeah. Magneto on the side, but still. I like it, yeah. The, like we said before, the artwork's kind of crazy at some times, but uh, it's solid. A little gruesome at times. <laughs> it's a little, yeah. little graphic, but, I mean, that's, that's not a problem, uh, at least in my book, as long as the story is solid. And I think it's pretty solid. Right. Well, uh, Brother Beavis, what did you think of X-Force 1 and 2? Have you read the issues outside of 1 and 2? No, I haven't. Um, the thing I like about it is okay. it, it appears to be the one book that actually continues the story we read. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think right. yeah, issue 1 and 2 was were very different in terms of the lineup and things like that. But I think 
I think they've done that in a lot of these books, and I think that part of it's okay. Like one of the things we've we've railed against is they'll do like a stunt cast of like, oh, this is the new team, and it's like, well, it, but you mm. didn't you didn't really have a story to tell. You just put a new team together. So the idea that they can just right. mix and match all these different characters, I think that's actually I'm fine with that. Uh, obviously, Kid Omega mm. is not my favorite, but you know, this, it, there were some good elements of the story. I think you know this is definitely one of the two good books in the Dawn of X, along with Marauders, which used the setting but sort of went off in a different direction and, and sort of told a different part right. of the story, as whereas this one just kind of really, to me, was the main thread. And again, yeah, we mentioned it earlier, that's kind of confusing, like why X-Force? Uh, I, I don't know. So it's almost yeah. like they yeah. should have... They, there's no reason for these books to be distinct. They don't have stable lineups. Uh, you know, they ought to just have... They ought to just put out, like an X-Men book every <laughs> two or three of them a week in the same line and just have these yeah. sort of anthology yeah. stories with the different cast. That would have been better than trying to right. get any of these individual books up and running. Yeah, right. it just seemed... Right. And this, this one's not even written by Hickman. It's written by somebody else, you know. So, it's, you know, I think you had mentioned either this podcast or the last, like, you know, what kind of note did y'all get yeah. to, like, you know, how far could you paint outside the numbers, I guess, you know? Like... Can I just do anything? I mean, New Mutants is out off in space with freaking alien lawyers. I mean, this book is completely, literally off the off the charts and off the world or whatever. And then the other books, even though they are terrestrial bound, didn't really make any sense with the story that was there. So I don't know. I enjoyed this book. Like I said, if you go back and you read the issues that have come after it, um, it it does tell a very coherent story that makes sense with the books that came before it. All right, so as we're concluding Dawn of X, um, I got three questions. Best book, worst book, most disappointing book. Okay, think about that. Best going, book, worst by, book, most by issue or by lineup? No, like by overall okay. of the five books. Best, worst, most disappointing. Okay, I'll go first as y'all take the questions in your hand. The best book is by far this one. Um yeah, that's, I don't even think that's even up for a debate. Uh, I guess it could be because Marauders is actually really good. Um, the worst book for mine, it would be it would be New Mutants. I, I know yeah, it might be an upset on Excalibur, but I was really expecting something different with Hickman to actually give a push wrestling term to the New Mutants to actually make me care about them. And that book is, I don't know what the fuck that book is. That's just, it's so far out there, I can't even bother with it. Uh, and then the most disappointing is the mainline X-Men book. They've made five issues or four issues. All four of them are completely different. <laughs> There's no coherent story whatsoever. Uh, it's just a real big disappointment. All right. Sandman, what you got? Best book? Yeah. We're not talking about the mainline books, right? You're only talking about the satellite books. Uh, no. Just the, no, the Dawn of X books. Yep, just oh, these five Dawn of X books. Yep. X-Force, X-Men, uh, Excalibur, yeah. New Mutants, and... God, the one that we just reviewed last week and I still can't remember. Fallen Angels. Yeah, I'm trying. Fallen Angels, damn it. Mm, can't do that it. Might be, that might be the worst. Um, yeah, I think I have to say this one. I was trying to think of a reason not to say X-Force, but um, yeah, I, I think you guys were right. This is kind of continues the main... Um, the main story, uh, the the, uh, the business on the island, the business of 
Krakoa and they're uh, establishing the nation and the struggles they're going through, uh, trying to uh, maintain that power uh, against the rest of the world. So, yeah, I think this is uh, I think this is the best one as far as uh, what's next. The the uh, worst book. Disappointing. Worst book. Worst book. Probably, probably Fallen Angels. I don't know. That's. <laughs> That, uh, I don't know that. I, I don't know what they were trying to go for there. I get. I mean, I understand they were trying to tell what, what's her name, Quanin, her her history, mm-hmm. and I I can appreciate that. But I, I don't know. I still didn't see feel, feel where they were going for with the book, and it was just a mm. <laughs> it was a book to, that they it's a mess through some cast off uh, characters that you know Cable yeah. and um, uh, what's her name X twenty three. Eh, which I don't yep. really care for either one of them, and uh, I used to like Psylocke, but now I'm just more confused. Now you got two of them, basically. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Again, yeah. again, yeah. Most disappointing book. Most disappointing. God. Most disappointing. Yeah, I guess it is going to be X Men. The fir- yeah, the main line. At first, I was like, well, it can't be that, can it? But yeah, I guess so, because. Um, I'm trying to remember um, shit, the issues we read. Um, it seems like yeah, the X Force is doing a better job of uh, telling the um, the story than uh, X Men is, and they seem to be all over the place with it. So I'm I'm still trying, I'm struggling, trying to figure out what they're trying to do <laughs> with just the names of the yeah. titles of these books and stuff. Are they telling the same story through X Men, X Force? Uh, yeah, like you said, anthology wise. What well, I mean, I guess I'd be fine with that. If they wanted to go that way, but mm-hmm. it's, it seems to be uh, different writers are doing different things, and they're not exactly on the mm-hmm. same page. So, yeah, that's it. Okay, Brother Beavis, best book? Um, I would say. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I think everything you guys said is those are all solid picks for me. I would say probably Marauders, and, and because I think it's more mm-hmm. enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like I like X Force. Mm-hmm. As of you know, the, the Bush books we read were just fine, but the the ex the Xavier Swerve, uh, you know, and then the complete shift kind of from one to two, it's just it's a little more disjoint. I think again, it's great and yeah. it continues the main storyline. But I I was I you know this wasn't a category, but I would say most surprising also was Marauders because yeah it, the, that has that sure. the, the odds of any of us liking that after just the run. We've taken Kitty Pride on <laughs> over the course of the last few years. That wasn't bad. Yeah. I would probably uh, say I'd Kate stick with Pride, Sandman on the worst, because um, Fallen Angels, like New Mutants, I, I thought was pretty bad, but it, I think it was at least kind of like true to the characters, and it was it was at least sort of moving them off into their own world and telling a story. Fallen Angels was kind of yeah. dull and confusing and bizarre character choices. And this, yeah, the the sinister and apocalypse things like that. Um, most disappointing again. I think I, I agree with X Men. I almost like I can almost put Excalibur in there because it's just like there's not a reason that that book has to be bad, and yet it seems like it is. It's <laughs> like it can't shake the stigma. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. that there's that that lineup could have been fine, yeah. but then the decision they made with Rogue right away and. <laughs> And whatever Jubilee is yeah. doing, and yes. the weird characterization of Apocalypse, you know, I think if they're really trying to get Betsy over as Captain Marvel, that was that was a swing and a miss. Uh, but I think you yeah. know, so ex- if, just to just to come up with something different, I would say Excalibur could fall into that bin. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely been a overall disappointment for Dawn of X. Like I don't, 
and again, you know, listening to the street or listening or reading the Twitter streets, I, you don't see anybody like overtly praising these books like they were praising House of X and Power of X. I mean, you just don't see it. And I think that means something. I think them trying to do damage control a little bit with Hickman out there, you know, kind of talking about the books already probably is um, a direct line like, hey, you know, we need to try to carry some of this momentum before we launch all these other damn books, which is a whole other mistake that we talked about a thousand times on here. But like, I just, yep. I think all the goodwill that they built up, they flushed it completely, really. And but I'll keep holding on to this idea that I think this whole thing was just a lead up to you know some sort of lead in for when they introduce these characters into the movies. I, I really do. I just I I can't shake that feeling that that's how they're going to write them in that they were been hiding out on this island all this time while all this stuff was going on. I think and the something's big... going to bring them to the main line, mainland. I was just going to say I think the biggest biggest disservice they've done to all these books is to put them under this Dawn of X uh, heading. Because yes. it implies that there's something like House and Power, which they're absolutely not. And if the goal was to right. use this setting, but tell you know five or six completely different stories and let people figure out which which part of the story appealed to them, fine. But to, yeah. to say to cast right. it as like you know to say it's not supposed to be one story, but it is all Dawn of X. Yeah. I mean th- that's disingenuous to me because there's already another yeah. lineup, right? Isn't there? There's a brand for like issues mm-hmm. three and four, is there not? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. I think that's that's the disservice they're doing to these books. Like any one of these could be fine on their own. They're starting with the same seed of Kirkoa and the new phase of mutants. Because then go do your thing, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it just it just it seems like it was just kind of fumbled out, and you know, and we talked about Hickman when we were doing you know the New Avengers or whatever. So also like J.J. Abrams, able to start things but maybe not finish them very well, and you know, we bandied the idea about even looking at Secret Wars number uh, one today or tonight, and you know, and I kind of read it, you know, just to refamiliarize myself with, it. and it didn't read as quick as I remember reading it, you know, however many years ago. You know, so there was a little bit of meat to that bone, but it was also kind of hella confusing too, um, because <laughs> that's just kind of what he does. I was like, oh yeah, oh no, uh, you know, you kind of have to go back and read some wikis to kind of figure out what the hell is going on here. And um, you know, this idea that you can just go in and like, in, if you dropped into any of these Dawn of X books without reading any of that, you'd be completely confused. So don't try to tell me that you, oh no, you could just read these books without like having the backstory. I'm like, no, you really oh, could. No, and that's no. why, like, comic, yeah, and comic people again, like I said, comic people aren't built that way. If you tell me like this is all Dawn of X, I need to read every single Dawn of X book, like we did for this season, you know. And you know, sadly, found out that most of them are, you know completely unrelated to the whole overall story so all right all right so that concludes season eight uh our dawn of x preview or review uh the overall like a uh uh thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle i'm completely thumbs down overall if you're talking all five issues i'm completely thumbs down uh brother beavis me too and sandman the thumbs down not only for the quality of the books themselves but for what a what a missed opportunity um, from yeah. where they from what yeah. they were able to get to, it just makes these that much mm-hmm. worse. Yeah. yeah, the rollout has been really bad. Uh, Sandman, thumbs up, thumbs yeah. down, thumbs in the middle. I have to give a thumbs down. I mean, yeah, the average is just not very good at the end. They unfortunately no. they did exactly what we were afraid was going to happen, and they they uh, 
couldn't maintain that high level of the um, the original book yeah. when they um, they started it off and it was so good and yeah they kind of just went they just went back to what they did before which is craziness <laughs> just stuff yeah. stuff just going everywhere and you know not, things not making any sense teams not making any sense you know just books to have books it seems like more than anything else and nah it's it's bad thumbs down and if you didn't like these books don't worry there's going to be a whole nother line of them here coming up very soon oh, yeah. <laughs> uh just they're gonna roll out some more books uh i mean very shortly here especially with they're having their spring event book uh spring event or empire or whatever coming up here very soon so all right all right so like i said that wraps up season eight of the Marvel Hacks. Uh, we will be back with Season 9. We just probably have to just figure out the books. We won't play it out live for y'all, but we have to figure out kind of where we're going here. Uh, but we will get to that. Uh, remember, baby, find us podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you can find me, the producer, at Brothers Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the Sandman at Sandman415 on Facebook and Twitter. Brother Beavis is in the ether. All right, so that concludes Season 8. Um... Now, X-Men the Animated Series is about to play us out, and we are going to double record tonight. Maybe you'll hear this part of it, maybe you won't. But we're going to double record tonight. We're going to actually sit and live watch X-Men the Animated Series, the first two episodes. Um, it's just something kind of we'll be playing with the idea of kind of watching it. Hutch described it to us as a terrible show if you listen to last week's podcast. He said that the Animated Series is a bad show on rewatch. Uh, we could not disagree with him more. Uh, so yeah, so hang out for that. Uh, you know, we'll just roll over from this podcast into that one, and you know, we're gonna kind of just drink a beer or two and watch this series and kind of make fun of it. So um, <laughs> get and get some laughs off. Uh, so yeah, hang back for that. So as the X Men the animated series starts to play us out, I am the producer and I'm signing off. Uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off. Sayonara, people. We will see you uh, when we see you. Yeah, see you when you see you. All right, Brother Beaver, sign off. Yep, see you shortly. No life for life. Yeah, no life for life. All right, y'all take it easy. We'll see you on the other side. Peace.